Hi, welcome to Changemakers by Denim Purvey. We are a group of denim enthusiasts that share a passion for working together to redefine the future of the global denim industry. We're having conversations with experts on the ground of fashion and sustainability. The goal is to envision a new way forward for our habits and our businesses. I'm your host, Natalia Yepes, and let's get started. Okay, so good morning. Here we are, another episode of Changemakers, and we're going to talk to Brigida. Um, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about um, your start in fashion and the sustainability world, just for some context. Yes, so uh, I'm Brigitte Helmersen. Um, I have a label by the same name. Uh, I founded that around uh, 10 years ago now, um, and I started it in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, so I'm actually half Swedish, half Australian. So I grew up in Australia. My mom's Australian. Um, first started sewing when I was around 12, um, and I've just always wanted to make things since a young age. So that's where it really began for me. Um, originally I was self-taught, um, and then ended up going and, uh, doing a lot of, uh, short courses and things to learn pattern making and sewing and print making and, and lots of different, um, things. So, um, so yeah, and then moved to Sweden around five years ago, um, and opened a store here. <laughs> Fabulous. And how did you, um, how did you come to feel equipped to, uh, start your own small business? What, what? What prompted you to take that leap? Well, to be honest, I've actually always wanted to have my own business, even since I was really young. I, I first started my own label. Um, I mean, it was also under my name that it, it kind of, I, I, I paused for quite a while, but when I was like 18 years old. Um, and back then I lived in Perth, Western Australia, um, and it was a very different time. You know, I made a small collection and I went around to all these boutiques locally and they placed orders basically on the spot. That doesn't really happen anymore. But back then, you know, it, it was a little bit easier for small business in that way, I think. Um, and a bit more like in-person meeting. Um, you know, I didn't have a website or anything. I mean, it was well before that was a big thing as well. Um, wow. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> um, and then... Um, why have you chosen your specialty of uh, zero waste pattern cutting? Like, how did that come into your your vision for for fashion? So, when I first started, um, I guess my dream was originally to be a designer. Um, but then to get there, I wanted to also learn pattern making, sewing, and everything. Um, and uh, as I started doing that, I became more and more interested in the technical side of things as well. And so. I've been a pattern maker as well for a very long time, um, both for myself and for other people. Um, and when I started working, I uh, moved to Melbourne in around 20, I want to say 2013. No, sorry, that's wrong. 2007 maybe. Um, and uh, I started working for a costume designer. Um, and uh, so I was doing a lot of pattern making and we're doing small production runs. And then I also worked um, for a local label in Melbourne for a while as an assistant designer. And so I started to really see, you know, I was involved heavily in the whole process from the design to prototyping to the manufacturing, which was always done locally. Um, so I started to really see also the waste. Um, and I guess because I had my technical background as well, uh, I just became really interested in it. I just thought to myself, there has to be a way to reduce or even eliminate this waste, um, but still make beautiful garments, you know. Uh, that's really where it begun for me yeah and have you found that challenging like zero waste pattern cutting like how do you yeah how yes. do you do that <laughs> <laughs> um 
I have to say, I mean, parts of it get get less challenging over time, but I think that's mainly because over the years I've really built up or we have in the business built up a really good library of shapes. Um, I think one thing with zero waste uh, pattern cutting, especially if you're going to be doing it for production, it takes a really long time to develop it, even if it seems to be a quite simple shape. Um, just working out all of your processes, how it will work for many different fabric widths and fabric types, different sizes, things like that. It can be a really long development time. But then once you have a lot of core shapes, then it does get easier. Um, uh, so, yeah, it has definitely been challenging, and especially in the early days um, when we started working mainly with just zero waste, which is is maybe about, I mean, about 10 years ago I started working with zero waste, and it wasn't until about four or five years ago that we did it exclusively. Um, so okay. it took that long to sort of, figure out the best way to do it um yes yeah wow wow and um yeah have what are some other like what are some go-to strategies when you're implementing um zero waste and like how did you learn about them so um well in terms of zero waste in general um when I first got interested in this concept I um uh, you know researched to see if there were any books out there and I found a book which is still I think one of the only technical books aimed at industry, I guess, on zero waste. So it was Zero Waste Fashion Design by Timo Rasan and, and Holly McQuillan. Um, it's been around for quite a while now. And that really inspired me in the beginning. Um, and then really find, you know, my own processes and ways of working. That was just through play and experiment for a really, really long time. Um, so, I mean, in the beginning, there were so many challenges because I would have an idea for something and then I'd start making the pattern or trying to figure out how to do it. And it would become overcomplicated or it wouldn't sit nicely on the body. Um, so I found it very, very challenging. So for me, really a go-to strategy over the years that I've learned myself is to always try to um, minimise the, the, the panels and details as much as possible. So try to pair back a little bit and not overcomplicate it. It's very easy to sort of start thinking, oh, there's all these triangles and pieces. Maybe I can fit it in here and do this. I think if the garment is going to take you three times as long to make as a regular garment, then it's not worth doing zero. Yeah. So that's a big thing for me. I always have to remind myself when I'm doing a new design to just sort of try to always bring it back to basics and, and keep it as simple as possible. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's an, that's so interesting to know like your rule of thumb when you're making it. Um, yeah. Interesting. Um, and what are some maybe like, unexpected twists and turns as you've started this this kind of business so I guess when yeah when when I first started uh, my label back in uh, it was 2012 in Melbourne um, we only made clothing and and had a little boutique there as well and a studio and sold uh, clothing um, and um, did a lot of zero waste designs and I mean they sold well but people didn't really understand what zero waste was um, and it was quite difficult to sort of get that across to people um, because they weren't seeing it really. They weren't understanding like, but what does that actually mean? And especially as a consumer that's not sewing themselves, you know, you have to find a way to explain. So I guess over the years we've sort of learned to adapt and change and um, uh, actually during the pandemic is when we first started selling sewing patterns and that was really the beginning for us being able to show people how it works. Um, and so, yeah, we've just, we have changed and moved around a lot and learned to adapt and grow, I guess, 
yeah, in a way, I think at the moment now we're finally at a point where we feel like we're doing things right for us and for our business and for like want to do it. But it's it's taken a long time. Yeah, uh, it's taken wow. a long time. Yeah, and as a small, it's easier to adapt. I think, or it's easier to sort of spend the first, you know, bunch of years actually kind of exploring and figuring out the best way to go. Yeah. Yeah. And have you felt like you found um, support from the fashion community or the sustainability community or, yeah, where have you kind of seen your community take you um, as you've built this business up? Yeah, definitely. So when we were selling only garments, um, you know, really had um, a good following in Melbourne of people who just really wanted to support locally made. Um, uh, And um, so that's sort of where we started. And I noticed, you know, when we moved to Sweden, I think it was great, but, you know, we, we had to sort of start again with our customer base because even though our customers really loved us uh, in Australia, they didn't, you know, it's it this buy locally, you know, with not wanting to ship things necessarily all the time all over the world. Um, but in terms of the last few years, um, there's, yeah, it's been a huge uh, response from the online sewing community um, in terms of working with zero waste patterns. Um, it's been really amazing to hear feedback from people who also perhaps didn't sew before, so it's inspired them. So, um, and also realizing, you know, how much waste there is. I think for a lot of people, there's been this click moment. Um, if they've sewn a garment using a more conventional pattern, and then they're able to place everything perfectly into a puzzle, it's very satisfying to realize, you know. Um, so we have a really supportive uh, community through a lot now of home sewing uh, sort of area, actually. Very cool. I like that. That was um, an unexpected. Um, Source, yeah, definitely unexpected, but it's been amazing, yeah. And as you kind of widen and spread the word about zero waste fashion, have you encountered um, any any roadblocks as you've tried to do it, or as you try to talk about these things in the fashion industry? Maybe any any backlash from from the fashion world or or something like that? Uh, I'd have to say, for us anyway, not really. Um, I think before we did the sewing patterns, it was a bit of a challenge to kind of show people what we could do and what we were doing. Um, but since we've done the sewing patterns, it's also, you know, people can see exactly how we make our garments. They can see the process. Um, so, no, I'd have to say not really, no. Mm-hmm. And um, have you implemented other sustainable elements to your business or is the zero waste like difficult enough and so you just uh, actually we do so I mean firstly with the fabrics that we source um, we always source uh, natural fibers and uh, organic cottons uh, European linens um, and we try to use really just one or two fabric qualities um, and fabrics that we know are going to last a long time so it's a big thing I think for me anyway I feel like it's just really important to buy less that's one of the things that I think you know needs to change actually um and so you know just trying to yeah make clothing that's going to last that people are going to love um that they'll have for a long time but also we do use a lot of um repurposed vintage and secondhand fabrics um so you can actually see in the shelving behind here um up above the back that's uh, well we have them all over the shop actually but we collect uh wherever we can uh, vintage textiles and there's actually a lot in sweden um because it has a long history of textile production that doesn't go on as much now, but back in the day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we try to, as often as we can, also repurpose. Um, and when we do have remnants and pieces left over, we will patchwork them into uh, garments as well. Cool. And so does that mean that like people can come into the store and bring 
some um, older vintage garments? Yeah, we get asked that occasionally. I mean, technically, yes, we've done a few projects like that. Um, so, I mean, we wouldn't say no, absolutely, um, whether we're using someone else's fabrics or our own. I have done a few projects recently um, working with some fabrics that, like a friend of mine, for instance, inherited some beautiful fabrics from his mother. Um, so we made some garments with our designs using those fabrics. So we do get those projects sometimes, but it's not that many people that end up doing it, actually. Um, I think sometimes it's hard for people to visualise how it's going to look, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. So sometimes you have to make it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you have to you have to tell them what they will like <laughs> yeah um and your garments I know I understand are made in-house and often made to order by you yes. um so how could like how do you see do you see your business being limited then because like you're you're one person like you can't you know you can't like maybe yeah I guess I see how do you see the trajectory of your business in terms of growth um or maybe you you're not trying to you know become huge because maybe that would defeat the purpose of what you're doing but yeah how do you balance um doing it all yourself yeah so I mean that's the thing that we often talk about and how we want to move forward um at the moment it works really well for us being owner operated and that's mainly because the last couple of years we've had other projects and things on the go so it's been a little bit much got two kids as well so you know um it's been a bit much and and I found (laughs) from my own experience having been in and out of my own business ideas and things since I was quite young I found that any any time I tried to scale up the business it was a lot of work a lot of stress for very little reward um but we do definitely have plans to scale but certainly not too big I don't really want to ever have a sort of endless growth model you know that's something I really am not um but we would love to get the business um next year when we can focus more on it again uh, we'd like to grow it to a point where we can have a few people employed um and with the making to order and making locally our, our aim would be to continue to do that but we would employ people to help with that and set up uh, you know a space here to be able to do that okay fabulous yeah. and and how do you see um like a current existing business um how would you um, recommend or suggest uh, the application of a zero waste policy to an already existing um, fashion business? Perhaps I think maybe, and I mean, in a way, this is how we did it too, right from the beginning. Introduce it slowly. So start to implement it in some of your pieces. And then you can, as you figure it out and, and work out the best way to do it, you can then um, slowly replace more and more styles with zero waste. Um, but I think it, it can be challenging as well because, I mean, we love, you know, oversized and um, kind of bigger silhouettes and it's not for everybody. Um, so it depends a lot on yeah what type of business you have, who your customer is. I think there's other ways to, you know, utilise remnants and, and things like that as well, such as textile recycling yeah. and, and different projects. Yeah. Yeah, I did see that you, I think on your Instagram, you collect – strips yeah you're going to in a a vault yeah yeah it's a a long uh, project but it's coming together slowly (laughs) it's actually something I've done before but um it was uh yeah I actually a long time ago now in Melbourne it was a a rug that was eight no sorry eight meters is not wrong right four meters long by about one and a half wide um and it was completely made with all of these strips um remnants wow um, and it looked amazing, but very, very time consuming. So it's a love project. <laughs> I would say. Yeah. No, I thought that that was very creative. Um, 
yeah, because I could imagine it could be difficult for every time you make a garment to have no cutoffs, but you also then took those cutoffs. Yeah, yeah. Um, Very cool. Um, And then um, what's a favorite sustainability innovation that you've seen popping up or have wanted to start including or in your designs or something fun? Um, So I guess in terms of sustainability innovation, for me, I'm always um, really into anything that's recycling textiles somehow. Um, I mean, whether they're like super new or not, um, but uh, there's one uh, company that I've been following for a long time, the New Denim Co., uh, and they recycle uh, factory offcuts of denim um, into new fabric. And I just think they do such a beautiful job. We've wanted to use their fabrics for a long time, but the minimums are still too high for us, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> and uh, then there's also um, a really exciting company in Sweden called Renew Cell. Uh, and they actually um, recycle used textiles and used clothing, which is quite a new thing um, because that was quite hard to do in the past. Um, so I'd love to be able to some point yeah be able to use those textiles or find a way I mean we don't personally have a lot of textile waste but even just to be able to use those fabrics um instead of new you know cottons and things like that yeah that's that's an interesting offshoot for your company because since you don't have a lot of waste it, it would be even you'd be going even the extra mile to take other people's waste yeah and, and that would for me be ideal like that would be the dream mm-hmm. scenario but um Yes, waiting. Very cool. Possibility. <laughs> yes, sure. yes. Um, always in a in a small business. Uh, yeah, my my dad is a small business owner, so yeah, yeah, it's very yeah ups and downs. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, fabulous. So, um, what do you see the future of sustainable fashion looking like? Um, does it does it bring you hope? What What do you see happening? Well, I've, yeah, I've been asked this uh, recently, actually, and um, I'd love to say that I'm really hopeful, and I think I. I really hope that um, things change and change drastically. I'm a little bit nervous how big the industry is and, you know, such a, a machine. Um, there's so many different actors, so many different places in the world that are working in the fashion industry, places that aren't regulated. Um, so it, it's, I think it's a big job to do it, but I hope that things change. Um, but for me, I really want to see... Um, perhaps over the next few years, like a less less focus on trends and more focus on personal style and uh, wearing clothes for your own self-expression and, you know, buying less and just, you know, thinking about what you buy and really, yeah, just building a wardrobe of pieces that you're going to wear and love for a long time rather than continually always feeling this need to buy more. That's that's a really uh, good point. And I, I haven't actually heard it phrased that way um, yeah. to, to encourage um, your own Uh, fashion taste as a way to combat falling into trends yeah and I think that that might be one way of getting around it because I think it's really important that we can express ourselves through our clothes and how we look I mean it's really important to find your own individuality and um you know I think that that's something that will never stop and it's it's really important but um to find a way to do that where it's not so damaging to the world and the environment is is nice (laughs) And probably more exciting if you have your own unique, you know, kind of uh, style and voice in the end. So, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely true. I I agree. So what advice would you have to someone trying to start a sustainability business? Uh, I think definitely do your research. um, Start, see what else is out there, see what's missing. Um, You know, so much out there. Um, 
I, I struggled a lot with in the beginning, like, why am I doing this? There's so many labels. So if you can offer something different and something that's going to be that doesn't exist, that's amazing. Um, but also um, to try and implement um, better ways of working right from the beginning, it's really hard to change some things if you grow into a bigger business and you haven't started the right way. So just spend, yeah, spend time setting up the infrastructure, setting up your processes, how you want to go about things. And also uh, perhaps having, yeah, just a really clear um, kind of rule book for yourself of what you will and won't do. Um, and I think it's good to have uh, rules sometimes. It actually helps you to be more creative and think more outside of the square. Um, yeah, so that would be. Yeah, what what would be an example of a rule that you set for yourself of something you won't do? So zero waste pattern cutting, for instance. Okay. That's something we will do, but that, that's our rule. So now so we have to stick within those parameters and it can get quite times, but it also helps us to be more creative and come up with solutions that we might not have thought of otherwise. Um, but I guess a rule as well for us, like small things, I would say, um firstly the types of fabrics that we use um we like to get the same sorts of fabrics because it's easier for us to work with fabrics we know that work at the right widths things like we never use any metal uh fastenings we only use um i think they're easier oh, cool. to mend in place things like that so it can be even small things but i think it's nice to sort of have a bit of a rule book of what what you want to do and and uh and why and just Kind of be considerate of all your decisions and um, and uh, mm-hmm. conscious of why you're doing the different things that you want to do. Yeah, I like the yeah, I like that. There's like one big one and then some offshoots. So it's like zero waste is the backbone. Yeah, and then yeah, you have some other elements. Little, okay. little things here and there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. So what? Um, so we've talked a lot about you, your perspective as a small business owner. What about um, as a consumer, like? What are, what's some advice you have for consumers that, that maybe they're not hearing or that maybe is misunderstood or just that, that you think would make a big impact? Uh, well, I think, you know, we talked a bit about this earlier, but um, I really think uh, a big one is just how much people are consuming. Um, I think just pulling back the amount that you're buying is just, if, if a lot of people do that, it's going to make a huge difference. Um, so I think, you know, it's that classic Vivian Westwood, you know, uh, quote, where it's like buy well and buy less. And I think that still is really, really important to remember even now. Um, uh, so, yeah, that's really mainly. Yeah, yeah the biggest one. Yeah, yeah the biggest one. Um, are there also, I know you mentioned a few brands, but I was wondering if there are other brands that you find inspiring or that you've kind of been tracking along. Um, and would recommend people look into? So, yeah, there's one at the moment that I love um, following um, is State the Label. It's a, one based in the US. Um, they actually don't have Instagram anymore, which I really, really admire as well. Um, they just send these great mail-outs and uh, they have a studio um, where they make everything in-house. They do hand-painted textiles and it's just really fun and creative and, and playful. And, um, yeah, I really enjoy seeing what they're doing all the time. Um, and another label, um, Story MFG, which is uh, a label based in uh, the UK. Uh, they have a really craft-based uh, approach, I guess, in the same way that State the Label have, but they're, they're quite different aesthetics. Um, um, but, yeah, they just have a really nice approach and um, 
a very different, uh, unique sort of look. Um, so mm, then, very cool. Yeah. Okay, so, some some to keep our eyes out for. Um, very cool. Um, and then just a fun little thing. I was wondering if um, if you could show us something in your studio that you've made that you are really proud of. Yeah. Or love. Sure. <laughs> I mean, maybe uh, in the last bit of time. Okay. Uh, so this is a, a coat that we've been, or a little jacket that we've been working on. Uh, it is a zero waste pattern, and I'm very very uh, proud of it because it is taken like most of our patterns a good couple of years of experimenting and playing to get it right um uh, so this one is uh, we're making some garments but we're also going to be releasing it as a sewing pattern soon but it's just taking me a really long time because uh yeah zero waste patterns can do that sometimes um but yeah wow and what do you use for the buttons uh these are corozo nut buttons okay yeah, so they're just a natural, undyed um, corozo, okay. which we basically use for everything. We pretty much have the same button style for every single <laughs> garment. <laughs> that we're wearing, so, <laughs> yeah, no, the simplicity yeah. don't make don't yeah. make it harder for yourself. No. Yeah, okay, very cool. I loved it. Uh, thank you so much, and I enjoyed exploring your website and chatting. Yeah, I think this is a reminder also to to look locally because you know a little bit of my impulse was like, oh, I want to go like buy your stuff um but i'm you know i'm all the way in new york so i'm sure there's there's some cool um artisans here too to look into so something to keep in mind as well um okay well thank you so much for joining us cool thank you so much that's it uh and have a fabulous rest of your day yeah before you go thank you for listening and engaging with the platform it helps a ton Feel free to go to our website to download our 2021 sustainability report to see how Denim Purve is contributing to the conversation. Subscribe to our newsletter for monthly updates so you can stay informed on the denim and fashion industry's sustainability and innovation efforts. To continue the conversation about these topics, feel free to contact us via our social media channels. Thanks for listening and sharing the show. Catch you in the next episode.